This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Doug Jones. You might know me as the Silver Surfer or Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies or Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. But right now, you're listening to the Candare Podcast. and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I am Handsome Jake. Ooh, Handsome Jake. Handsome Jake. I like that. I like that. The legend. (laughs) We've got a good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the most attractive fictional characters in, uh, in uh, what, just movies, yeah. cartoons, TV, Thinking like primarily games. comics, cartoons, games. Yeah. You want to think non-real people, I think is the angle. This is going to be fun and maybe a little embarrassing. <laughs> I'm thinking your <laughs> ratio might be skewed in the wrong direction there. I think it's going to be a little bit fun and very embarrassing. Oh, we're putting ourselves out there. Yeah. That's what the listeners want. They it's want about the vulnerability. Right? Yeah. You know, it makes you relatable. We're showing them our underbelly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. We'll lose a lot of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to open the door to the comic vault. What do you got this week, Jake? I have got a horror, sci-fi, and surreal anthology webcomic called False Positive that Ooh. just rules. Sounds pretty cool. I love it. Can't just the title sounds awesome. I know, right? Awesome. One of the books we'll be talking about there. And then uh, a little bit later, we're going to be joined by Sam Johnson, all the way from the UK, uh, returning to the show to talk about Geek Girl. This comic is very much the inspiration for today's yeah, Retro yeah, Roundtable, because Geek Girl herself is rather attractive. If you hadn't told them that just now, it wouldn't have been a big leap in logic <laughs> to assume that one brought about the other. So yeah, lots of sexy fictional characters today, and uh, let's just... I hope you're ready for maximum sexiness, <laughs> listeners. So let's... Clear your schedules for sex. you damn straight. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. All right, the most attractive fictional characters we can think of, I guess at least to us, sure. in our opinion. I've got a number one that's okay. just like hands down for me. And here's the thing. Like this even, is your number one This is my time. number one. Okay. This is my big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to lead with it, though, because it's like the one I've got the most to talk about, and the rest I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, she's cool, too. You but, think we should end with that one? Yes. I'm going to save my number one for the end of this segment. Okay, I've, I've kind of got a number one, too. Sweet. So I'll save okay. that for the end. Deal. So, uh, okay, other fictional characters that are attractive. Uh, I think one that probably comes to most people's mind is Jessica Rabbit. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, she was constructed to be that type of character. Yeah, the perfect uh, perfect body, I yeah. guess. I she, mean, well, she's like a parody of that, you know. Right. I don't know. If, if Jessica Rabbit were obtainable, she'd never go for anyone no, like geez. me. It's like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, Even in the cartoon realm, she'd way out of my league. Yeah, and you see people with, like, celebrity <laughs> crushes, like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift is so hot. It's like, yeah, well, she doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah, you right. know? It's like, why obsess over something so unobtainable? Right, right. Well, there's a little part of us that sometimes just can't help. Yeah, it's like the stupid a man can dream. As long as we're not making YouTube videos too... Oh, that boy. character stating our love, then we're good. Because yeah. there are people that take that shit too far. There is a dark part of the world full of those. Did you ever see that YouTube video? There was a some uh, older guy. I mean, this guy was it the guy going on about Selena Gomez. Yes, yes. Oh, that just that that video. Did that go is, viral? I think so. I think it okay. made some big impression somewhere. It was on like Tosh Point at some point or something. Yeah, that's probably so where it I spread saw around. It, yeah. yeah, that this is more than you want to know. But that video has given me like negative boners. Imagine being her, though. Erections I would have had from this point forward have been deducted. And I'm just like in the hole. (laughs) Imagine her. 
She's got to be... I wouldn't ever want to leave the house. I wonder how aware of it she is. Or if she's, oh, she's got people who can, like, filter this stuff out for her, you know? You mean make it so she's never aware of it? So that she doesn't have to face it head on, you know oh, what I mean? Well, I'm sure she doesn't have to face it head on. Right. I mean, like, even see the video. There are people who are like, what's just, what's your... Oh, like, she's seen it, for sure. It would freak me out. I'd never yeah. want to leave the house, It's ever. so... I don't even... There aren't even any words, because it's like... The video is like him trying to talk about how innocent his whole thing is. Like, guys, it's not even weird. I'm like, you're the one that's making it weird. (laughs) When you approach this with the attitude that people already think it's weird, you've lost. Right. Wasn't there another video of the guy in Britney Spears? Leave Britney alone. Oh, yeah. Just leave her alone. Oh, my God. God. You know, I saw this. um, I saw this documentary that was just nuts. It was about these two people living in different states, different parts of the country. Both of which had an obsession with... Who's the girl who sang that song, like, I Think We're Alone Now? Oh, I don't know. Whatever her name is. Both of which, they had this delusional idea... to be a remake. I mean, the original one was The Kinks, wasn't it? I don't think so. Shows you what I know. The point is, these two people had this weird... I think. I could be wrong. Let me double check that. Keep talking. They had this delusion that they were in a relationship with this woman. And they were certain... They were like, yeah, no, yeah, we've been dating for such and such years. It's like two people with the exact same highly specific psychological disorder. It's it's so bizarre, you know. It's it's like, cool, you have a crush on this actress or that. Oh, you know, she likes this actor, he likes that actress. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was so fucking wrong. Oh, I thought you might have been. I, I didn't want to so be rude wrong. about it. No, call my ass out on that <laughs> okay. shit. Come on. Tommy James in the Shondells. Well, easily mistaken for the kinks, <laughs> except for the difference in genre. Nationality, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, attractive characters. I'm gonna throw yeah. one out there. Let's hear it. This is, I want to clarify in the comics, she looks older than she does in the cartoons. I'm not a weirdo. I'm say Raven from Teen Titans. I thought she was cute. Okay, I've only seen Teen Titans a couple times. She's the the cloaked one with the like gemstone, like the gray really? skin. She's the super. Does gothy. she ever show her figure enough for you to like be attracted to her, or is it for just the like most a, part? Like it's more of I'm a attracted than to a the form. mysteriousness of That's her. like the bigger element, though, is that she's <laughs> like, like, oh, I could totally date an interdimensional witch with demon powers. You know, it's like that works for me. Okay, but I always thought I don't know for whatever reason she was up there on my list. Right. Especially when I was, like, younger, and I was just, like, just starting to notice girls. And I'm like, oh, geez, it's Raven. Lois Griffin. Lois. The quintessential. Because, like, when you take it. It's cliche. Well, that's the thing, is, like, you've been conditioned to think she's hot. Yes. Right? Because if you saw her all at once, like, erase your mind and see Lois Griffin again the first time, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. But, like, throughout the series, they hammer this point home. And it's almost, I think, like, a credit to the writing of the series, not like Family Guy has some stellar world-breaking writing, but <laughs> that you got it in your head like, yeah, yeah, Lois is hot, you know? It's like not like she's physically, classically attractive as a drawn person. That's a it's good just, point. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're pushed to believe that just because of how attractive sure, she yeah. is in the show. It's established, and it gets in your head, and you're like, well, I guess she must And be. it doesn't help that they always put her in lingerie oh, or sure. like have yeah, her I like mean, buck naked <laughs> That's an element, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Now, this one I'm going to steal right, right uh, from Wayne and Garth's uh, top ten <laughs> swing babes or the whatever swing. they called it. But uh, uh, Betty Rubble. Come she's, on. Right. she's better looking than Wilma. Oh, without By a, a doubt. wide margin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a shame because she, like, doesn't get as much screen time, right? I mean, she's not, like, the main... Like, Fred and Wilma, they're the primaries. Right. You know, Barney and Betty, they're the counterpart. It blew my fucking mind. When they made the Flintstones movie and decided to put Rosie O'Donnell in the yeah. spot. Isn't of that Betty. a shame? I was like, who the fuck made this call? What a here? waste. I mean, what what about it was a it was a fun movie. It oh, wasn't sure, good, yeah. but I mean it you know I haven't seen it in Oh, well, oh no, me neither. And I'm sure watching it now would be horrible. Oh, but it would not hold up. I love the Flintstones, True. and uh, yeah, to see that movie was fun. Yeah. John Goodman, come on, he was you, he was good. John Goodman's such a likable guy. Yeah. Like even when you don't like him, he's a good Fred Flintstone. Yes, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, and I think Rosie did okay as uh, Betty. Sure, I don't, you know, not no to offense to Rosie O'Donnell, not at all. Not the to people who might be attracted to her. Anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I don't count myself among that number. If or... I were casting, <laughs> she may not come to mind when I no, thought of Betty. No, that's that's. Who would you cast as Betty? Rowe? See, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, come up with something quick because he's going to ask. I didn't come up with anything. I've quick already enough. got one. What you got? I I can't remember her name, but she's in Gotham, and she was in Deadpool as Deadpool's uh, as uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds' girl. How old would she have been when this movie was made? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just oh, we're saying just, we're like we can't go in the past. Okay, to do this. No, we're sorry. doing this now. This is we're, my brain. We're doing Flintstones <laughs> reboot. <laughs> okay, today. Good call. You know who else? I'm going to say Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heiress to the Jones fortune. I don't know who this is. It's Quincy Jones' daughter. She was mm, in I Parks can't... and Rec. She was. Oh, that's Anne why I, I, seen I am like very anti Amy Poehler. So okay, you ever watch The Office? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running out of things she try, was in. Try me on The Office. I've seen The Office. The Office with Steve Crow. It was like, oh, I forget her name, but it was like Jim's other love interest besides Pam. Oh, yeah. When he went to that other office. Yes. Yeah. Her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She was also in, uh, what was that, Louis C.K. show, Life with Louis or something that was... Uh, oh, was it Lucky Louis? Or Lucky was it, Louis, maybe. There was no, a, maybe it was Life with hmm. this. It was one that was, uh, it was filmed on... Uh, Desi Lu Studios. It was filmed at Desi Lu Studios. No yeah, and they filmed it just like they would film like those old style television shows. Huh. And uh, it was good. It I've was seen, fun. I've, but she was in that. She played his wife. I've seen the thumbnail. You know what I mean? Like I, it always ends up somewhere in what I'm searching through. But I've never sat down and watched it. I think it was Life with, or no, maybe Life with Louis as the Louis Anderson. Oh wait, <laughs> that's the cartoon with. Is that what it was? Yes, yeah, the Louis. I think it's Lucky Louis. Maybe is it's what Lucky you're Louis. About. And then yeah. there was just Louis that was on. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, FX is... or something like that. Okay, here it is. Here's the girl I was talking about, Marina Bakrin. Is that how you pronounce that? Hang on, I gotta, I gotta put on my glasses. I'm in reading mode now. She plays Lily Tomlin in Gotham. Bakrin, Bakrin would be Marina Bakrin. Marina Bakrin, yeah. <laughs> Doggy, she's right up there. I tell you what, though, I, I got to say, t- t- to me personally, the all-time hottest actress I have ever seen, just flat out, it's got to be Margot Robbie. Mm. She's my like number one, not now, a fictional character. So, but is that because of? It's not even because of Harley Quinn. Okay, it's just like even before that, and the smaller stuff she's been in, she's just like she's a. Uh, oh yeah, she's yeah, a looker. She's sure. right up there for sure. You know who would make a fantastic Wilma in a Flintstones remake? Her name is... Oh, no. What's her name? Christina Hendricks. No idea. Google it, Google it right now, because you're going to look at her and you're going to be like, holy shit, Jake. You just blew my mind. That's a perfect casting. Oh, wow. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's almost a better Wilma than Wilma deserves. Yeah. I'm, who Who played Wilma in... Oh, man. I can't even remember now. She was in, I think she was in uh, Breaking, or not Breaking Bad, she was in Weeds. She played Cynthia in Weeds. Did you oh, ever see that show? It's been a long time since I've seen Weeds. That was a good show. Um, and then in the second movie, Wilma was played by the uh, woman from Third Rock from the Sun. The, oh, yeah. What was her name? <sighs> Man, maybe God, we shouldn't be talking about bad actresses. names. <laughs> yeah. Remember, what's her name and what's it? Oh, yeah, she was cool. <laughs> She's in a movie, right? Okay, so fictional characters. Fictional here. characters. Um, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. My number one, and I, I fully accept whatever ridicule or incredulous, you know, shocked noises I'm going to get from this. Velma, Scooby Doo. Velma? Yeah. Yeah. Jinkies? Yep, that's the one. Okay. Let's break this. No, shit yeah, down please. Right here. No, I'm now, prepared. Are I'm we talking ready to about analyze like the cartoon? All of this. The cartoon, to an extent, I thought the casting was good in the movie. She okay. was cute. I don't know what her name is. I think she... Let me look up really quick. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Google Image Search. Okay, Wait. now if you're going off the movie here, this is uh, another girl, I don't remember her name. She played Lindsay Weir in Freaks and Geeks. She was in Grandma's Boy as the love interest. I haven't seen Grandma's Boy since, I think, The Revolution. So, yeah, based on that, I can, I'll totally give you that. But to me, because, like, in my head, it's now this this alloy of, like, the old cartoon Velma and her as a live-action Velma. I don't know. Something about the, like, long sweater, short skirt dynamic 
What can I say? I mean, look at this guy here. And like you're watching Scooby Doo, and it's like Daphne's the quote unquote hot one, right? right? And something about that turns me off. I'm like, yeah, she's like that classically attractive, and they're hammering that because point in. Doesn't I mean, doesn't her persona kind of come with a little bit of ditziness? Yeah, as well? yeah, and, and she's a little like, mm, you know, it's like her and what's his name, Fred, for the underdog thing. here. Exactly. It's like she has got like a cuter thing about her. It's not like the hotness, it's the cuteness. It's a subtleness. I'm vulnerable subtle for the, to the cuteness, yeah. And it's like, she seems more fun, you know, agreeable. She'd be down for whatever. This is starting to sound weird. Do you think, uh, how do you think a date with her, with her would play out? I think she would be the nervous one. And that's probably the thing that appeals most to me is like, I wouldn't have to be the one worried about control. (laughs) (laughs) I could just be like, oh, thank God, whatever I say, she's going to be the one that's worried about. I don't know. She's pretty outspoken. She is. The cartoons. But she's like socially not heard. Because she's used to these people because she knows that's what she has to do to get her voice. So in the beginning, though, of dating Velma. You'd be in control, but as she got to know you and you guys got comfortable with the each other, balance would even the balance out in a nice, switch. comfortable way. Okay, you see, you okay. see how much I'll time I've spent it. with no one else. I don't want to debunk your uh, theory here, so okay. uh, we're thank good. you. I'm going to put mine out there now. Let's hear it. And this was weird <laughs> <laughs> because when I say this one, this was like a legitimate like feeling. Like, man, this is yeah. I was crushing on this fictional sure, character. Sure. We've all been there. Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars. Now, now, before <laughs> anyone starts going and judging me here, the end of the Clone Wars. She's she looks way too young in the beginning right, of that yeah. series. To uh, <laughs> I do I do not have pedophile tendencies. No, <laughs> I no, promise you. But uh, and in uh, Rebels, uh, yeah, in, yeah. Her, uh, full grown. She's like she's badass in Rebels. Yeah, though. she's like war weary almost yes. really cool but i don't know what it is about that character <laughs> but um damn when i was first introduced to her plowing through that series at no pun intended right <laughs> the phrasing <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah i had a little infatuation with her you know what it is i bet you're you're excited at the idea like if you were going out to eat or something or a movie you'd always get there on time because she'd never have to fix up her hair first <laughs> This is true. Yeah. I see. I think in that situation, I might be um, attracted because I might be a little afraid. She that's scares me a little yeah, bit, right? and I think that's probably what would pull me in. Wow, she could kill me right now if she wanted to. <laughs> I wouldn't have she any chance so to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you win an argument with Ahsoka Tano, assuming you've been in a relationship for however many years? She seems reasonable. Well, yeah, she seems reasonable until you push her over to the dark side. and She gives you an aneurysm by force mm. constricting a blood vessel. I think head. another reason I liked her is because of her view of the force. Not that that was like, oh, man, your view of the force <laughs> turning me on, baby. Or Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but she obviously, you know, we never saw her go to the dark side, but... At the same time, she didn't feel the light side, you know, was for her either. She sure. just rode this middle line, this yeah. middle ground, which was awesome because, you know, it's... I've always kind of thought that about Star Wars. How is there ever... How can one side bring on the balance of the Force? Balance is having light and yeah. dark, you know, yeah. the, so neither one can... I think you, you get a good element of that in Luke Skywalker toward the end of the original three, where he doesn't, like, give in to his anger. Mm-hmm. You see what it is, a quote. And uh, he, he sort of accepts it, and it becomes a, a tool in his arsenal. You know, he's angry, but he's disciplined. Right. He's got that element of passion from the dark side and the element of the, the training and the inner sort of calm of the light side. You know, he is the balance for that very reason. I Not see. necessarily because he, you know, has yeah. some philosophical goal in mind, but because he's integrated those elements. And, and a little bit from column A and yeah, column exactly. B into a uh, perfect mixture. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Good point. I feel like we've uh, kind of been excluding our female listeners here a little bit. That's a good point. You know, so maybe before we end the segment, we should... Uh, I'm comfortable enough with all, my uh, sexuality here to we're sit all here adults and say, here. "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that irritates me is uh, the amount of uh, ladies I've heard talk about John Stamos and Uncle Jesse. Come on, <laughs> I mean that's like talking Jessica Rabbit, kind of. Right? right? It's I mean, just like you're not even trying. You're just you're going for the low hanging fruit. I didn't like that. 
as soon as I was done with it. Maybe we aren't comfortable enough phrasing again. to have this conversation. Ah, jeez. Is Uncle Jesse still attractive by today's standards? I mean, he's still John Stamos. Right, so and he, he's in Fuller House, right? Is he? I don't know. We we watched the pilot of that, like, when the whole cast was there. Right. And then oh, okay. we tried so, the like, uh, second episode, we and we were through. like... We were like, oh, this isn't going anywhere, but it shows what we know. It's, uh, like, really popular. Blowing up for some reason. I'm going to say he's, like, that rugged sort of, like, the Hollywood handsome, you know? I mean, he's he's been consistently, yeah, uh, what what, uh, would be considered as uh, very, very handsome. He hit, like, 35 years old and stopped. Uncle Jesse with his, like, big black mullet and, (laughs) like, his Elvis, like, clothing and stuff like that. I mean... So stylistically, maybe a little out of date. <laughs> if you dress something very pretty up and stuff that isn't so pretty, <laughs> is it still pretty? Right. Isn't that the whole concept behind Cinderella? Right? Mm. It's just like, oh, that's just the servant girl. And then Nobody she puts wondered on her when dress. she was in her rags. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good point. You know, like so some, no, they would not like yeah. Uncle Jesse to <laughs> I guess that's, that's the very logical point we've arrived at. Mm. Who else? Tony Stark. Tony right? Stark? I mean, Jesus Christ. I'd question my own sexuality. You think there's a lot of... To get uh, those billions and access to Iron Man suits? You know what? Boom. I got the one. What you got? I know what it is, because I've seen it firsthand. Girls love Loki. Oh, Girls shit. love... Uh, You're right. What's his Thor name? and Loki. Uh, Tom... Hidd- Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston, yes. Yeah. He's the... Yeah. And... We're- he just kind of... I didn't under, understand that, really. Again, I think I can look at a dude and be like, okay, I get why girls like him. Sure, sure. Him, not so much. I think the Britishness is a huge factor. You could be the ugliest person on the face of this earth. If and you've if got you're a British, British accent, there's a good chance. <laughs> ladies will fall all yeah, over you. that's all it takes. And there's probably some girls rolling their eyes right now, but come on. Dude, it's... And it sucks, because like, we're powerless against that kind of shit. Yeah. What chance... Do we have... I'm not saying... Just had a great idea. What's that? We need to get a British accent. We need to learn That's the accent. That's a perfect idea. We'll just... We'll take classes, like night classes, get it really, you know, like, convincing. <laughs> and just overnight become British. We'll pick a regional accent, mm-hmm. like, from one of the boroughs of London or something. I don't know, Birmingham, whatever. And just, like, zero in on that. Yeah. That's what the ladies like. Watch out, accents. ladies. Candace getting Candace. British accents. Oh, it's like uh, all the girls who are obsessed with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's one. Now, me and Brooke actually have talked about this because she raises a good point. Why? <laughs> right. And, and I, as an actor, love him, right? Mm. Oh, great. Yeah. And all great. sorts of things. I've rarely, I can't think of a uh, performance he's given. I've been like, I don't know about that. Always mm-hmm. thought he was great. Love Sherlock. Great mm-hmm. show. But he looks like a fetus that came to term but did not develop into a human being. He's got, like, that (laughs) spliced, weird face where everything's, like, spaced slightly wrong. I don't know. I don't know, but but girls love him. I remember my sister. Yeah, that's right, Taylor. You're not getting out of this one. She hated him. She was like, she's so gross. Oh, he looks so weird. I'm like, hey, you want to watch Sherlock with me? We watched three episodes. Her goddamn computer wallpaper was Benedict Cumberbatch. Within oh, a week. really? Yeah, so there's something. There's some magic. There's some sorcery. Now, do you want to know who Brooke finds very attractive? She loves his characters and just the actor himself. This is one I've never been able to wrap my mind around. Because I like him. I think he's a great actor. I like his movies. Sure. Steve Buscemi. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> cool guy. Love his movies. Yeah, now, I guess Next time I... you see her, act normal. Act like you didn't know That's that. That's going to be hard, man. <laughs> I think you've kind of changed the dynamic when uh, I walk into this house. That's one I've never been able to put my hands on. We started with Ghost World. We got the movie Ghost World. Okay. And he played the character uh, Seymour in that. And what a good movie that was. It comes from a graphic novel. I haven't seen it or heard of it. It's I'm good. In the dark on it's good. One. It's uh, Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson. Like one oh, of okay. Scarlett Johansson's first roles. But a uh, nice. really good movie. Hipsters would love it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's old, right? Those are the only qualifying. Uh, I'd say early two thousand, something like oh, that. The okay. movie came so out. I'm not like sure not about the book, but yeah, yeah. So okay, well, I think that was successful. Yeah, I think we covered we covered all the bases there. Kind of got a little off topic, but that's what this is all <laughs> about, right? Right. We don't pick the topic to stay on the topic. Right. 
You know what would make each and every one of these characters more attractive? What's that? A canned air shirt. I'll bet you're right. I, I know I'm right. If I saw Velma Dinkley wearing one of our canned air shirts. Canned air shirt with a little, uh, what, like orange. Like orange the, is her thing, right? Yeah, yeah Just yeah. two different shades of orange. Right, yeah. Now, the good thing about a canned air t-shirt is on the website, if you want it in an orange, by God, you can order it That's in an convenience. orange. That's convenience. That's the future. If you want it in a brown don't know why, why? Would. <laughs> but, but the option's did, there if you have no the friends. options there yeah 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 the the limit to your canned air shirt is your imagination don't even get me started people it's so yeah. it's just really the accessory for for the successful people of this world yeah. it's like that's how you weed out it's the cream of the crop yeah i know valentine's day will be over by the time people are hearing this <laughs> yeah, right but you know maybe uh next time you're thinking about getting your lady some sexy lingerie or something just get a Candare t-shirt. That would turn me on. A size too small. <laughs> there you go. There now you you're go. thinking. You That's go. a nice romantic gift everyone can enjoy. <laughs> Consider uh, our one yeah. with the stupid looking robot on the front. Oh, or there's, there's some good stuff on there. The there's one a, that says that was my nickname in high school. My personal favorite. Oh, I can't imagine why. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. There's some coffee mugs on there. The coffee mugs are cool. The coffee mugs are really cool. Yeah, Jack like made one that actually, uh, the top and the bottom rim have like silver on it. So it's like the actual Nice. Hand. I'm going to have to get <laughs> one cool. of those. But uh, yeah. head over to society.com forward slash Pod, Or you can just go to candairpodcast.com and click on the merch button. Sick merch. Get some shirts, people. Come on. We haven't used the word merchandise since this whole thing started. It's just saying merch is such a We ain't got the time for that. Right. We, we got stuff to do. We're a busy podcast on the go. Right, right. That's what it is. And once again, we are uh, still doing the contest for uh, Zero One Publishing. Our friend uh, Kat Roca sent us over some digital download codes for a bunch of graphic novels and just regular novels from their website. really awesome stuff out there. Beyond awesome. Yeah. Uh, The stuff that has artwork with it's beautiful. The novels, we've looked uh, through a few of them, and good stuff, people. You know, you think, like, free downloads, free handouts, it's going to be, like, something kind of cheap, some up and cut. No, this is quality stuff, no question. And probably about the easiest contest we're doing. (laughs) I can't imagine any less effort aside from just randomly picking people to give this stuff to. Yeah, yeah, just out in the street. We go down to Applebee's like, you got a comic. But, even as easy as this, it's still not gonna... Last week's uh, issue we were giving away of Titanium Rain is still available. Is it really? That was your nickname in high school, Titanium Rain. Okay. Would you like to know why? Uh, Do I? No. I, that's what I was going to answer. I'm actually not able to disclose that easily. <laughs> okay. But Titanium Rain, a graphic novel, a freaking gorgeous graphic novel. I can't tell you how beautiful this thing is. I almost wanted to keep it. And I'm not just making a joke when I say that. <laughs> yeah. I thought about the listener won't even know if this one's gone. Right. But I can't do that consciously to the listener. We love you guys. We respect you guys. We want you to have Titanium Rain. You're a special boys. Get jokes up here. <laughs> But, Proud of you. <laughs> but all you have to do to claim this prize is be the first person to either send us an email at cannedairpodcast at gmail.com or simply follow us on Twitter and send us a direct message or just a regular tweet saying, I want titanium rain. If you're the first person to do that, you've won. You get it. If you're <laughs> listening to this and considering it, you're going to be the Just winner. Just do it. Yeah. You're going to be the winner. No one claimed it. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, oh, somebody's already got the one I want. Wrong. Just right. be the one that gets it. Right. What do you have to lose? Oh, my God. Come on. Guys, Come what on. are you doing? We're you giving away comics here. Finish heating up your cup noodles later. <laughs> Reality TV can wait. Come on, read some comics. Enrich your mind. And this is not just a comic. This is a graphic novel. People are going and dropping like 20, 30 bucks on these things. This one's free. It's a quality product. For sending a tweet. But no, you got to catch that next episode of Hoarders or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, I don't want to badger the uh, people, the listeners, any it's tough love. further it's than It's what they have. need, it's, right? Yes, now. yes. It's it's not because we dislike you, it's because we love right. you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Free comics. Send us that email, send us that tweet. That's all I got. That's, I mean, that's it. Okay. <laughs> just do those things. <laughs> so moving on. Let's just swing open the door to the comic vault here. It's not the sound a vault makes. I did that the other time. But I like I? it. I like it. We need a sound effect there. I okay. do have one, but it's very quiet. I couldn't. I don't think anyone could hear it. You know, it'd be cool. Rather than like a door opening, we could have like a metal like chunk of like the lock mechanism yeah. retracting. Now, where are we going to get that? 
and the super specific <laughs> stock sound effects website that are it's all free and I, I just made it up I, I, I'll dig around okay. I'll look I'll see what I can <laughs> yeah. find oh no rush all right so uh, you weren't here last week go first. I was not yeah I had a migraine and also I was being interrogated by the KGB for my involvement in a scandal in Belarus which oh. I cannot disclose at this time. You missed a hell of an episode. We I had know, a hell it's a, of a lot real of fun shame. last week with Ryan uh, Little. He I was, was cool. bombed. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Pokemon themed episode. It right? was a blast. I was counting on you for that one. I know, and I let you down. No, well, it, it turned out fine. Turns out oh. we didn't need you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. Here I was, so worried. Oh, shit. No, anyway. I was at home suffering, so that's cool. Well. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad you're able to make it today. Yeah, fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> On with the book. Yeah, um, what I read, I think I mentioned this, was a horror and sci-fi anthology webcomic called False Positive. Which yes. has just blown my mind. Second one. Uh, the, the very first one I read, and when I was looking at the desktop version of the site, it was the first one that came up, but on the mobile version, they're in a slightly different order, um, was called Concoction by Mike Walton. Okay. First thing that caught my eye about this was the art style has this, it's a type of shading. The only way I can think to describe it is almost like if you've seen a topographical map Mm -hmm. uh, where there's no color and the the slopes and gradations are shown with like concentric outlines. Yes. There's sort of that element going on in the shading. Okay. It gives it like this kind of, there's like a smoothness about it, but it's a little unsettling too. And uh, it's in shades of gray, this comic initially. And the, it's just very, very sharp and clear. And that that type of shading really brings out the detail as opposed to hiding it, which I thought was awesome. So Sounds cool. on board immediately. And it's a very simple storyline because these, these little like vignettes, they, they come in and they hit you hard and then they're gone, which I really like. You know, nice little bite-sized bits of terror. This guy is on an airplane. He's just texting someone. You're not entirely sure who saying, you know, oh, I'm a little bit late. I'll be landing in such and such. See you then. He gets to his hotel room, has a shower. He opens up his suitcase, and he realizes it's not his. Oh. He grabbed the wrong case. And this thing is full of vials of different colored fluid, just lining every inch of the case, all strapped in in these weird Baroque mechanisms. Very odd. Crazy-looking stuff. And he's immediately taken aback. He picks one up. I'm going to say, like an idiot. <laughs> he picks one up. And there's a knock on the door. It's like housekeeping or something, I believe. Ah, Last night seems so long ago, but (laughs) (laughs) something catches him off guard. I think he calls the person he was texting earlier and tells him, yeah, no, I'm going to be late. Got the wrong bag. I got to get this sorted out. And he drops the vial and it smashes all over his foot and he starts to levitate off the ground. He's like, Oh shit, this can't be happening, right? He, he's like, the logical thing to do, he screams very loud, <laughs> but uh, manages to regain control of himself, executes this sort of somersault maneuver. It's clear he's getting the hang of this, like, immediately. It's very powerful, whatever he's run into, but slips and smashes into the case and crushes every vial in the thing. Ooh. He holds out one hand, and his fingers begin sprouting branches of fingers. It's almost like you remember that old wallpaper pipe dream? Where all the pipes were coming at yes, you from all the angles. Yes. His fingers are just shooting off new little gross mutant fingers in every direction. His hand is becoming this grotesque thing. His other arm, like, stretches out like Mr. Fantastic. It's just oh, this man. boneless sleeve. And then you see housekeeping come in, finally open the door, and she gasps. You see tears running down her eyes. And here he is in the middle of the room. He's become this mass of pulsing organs and limbs, right? One big mouthful of blunt teeth, and you can see, like, oh, just intestines and just fluid and, and limbs, and he gurgles, help me. You know, and the fluid from the case is everywhere. There's some hole into space in the wall behind him. Wow. Just, you know, just getting every effect hidden in these weird, arcane little vials all at once, and it was... Gross and awesome, and that I can't wait to read more. Oh, it was so cool! Yeah. Wow. What was that called again? False positive. That little comic was called Concoction. And this is a web comic, you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Let's put the uh, link up on Twitter. Absolutely, yeah, because it rules. Cool. Uh, my book this week. Uh, I am diving back into a book we've touched on before with our friends over at SevenRobots.com. Uh, Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz. Uh, they created this 
anthology called Earth Dream that uh, they've got a couple of them out now that uh, both feature artists from around the world. And each little story is, uh, how was it? It was like a... Uh, I thought I knew what it was, but I was like thinking... Each comic is like uh, like making you aware of like a different situation on the planet Earth. I guess it's kind of like an Earth Day. Right, okay. It's like awareness for a particular struggle or yeah. concept. Or... Yeah, exactly. And they're really good books. And a great thing about these books is that they're free. All you have to you do is that. go to the website and you can download them. And, uh, yeah, again, these are graphic novels here. If so, there's one thing in the world I think we should all be grateful for, it's, like, fantastic artists who just want to share their work, you know, who don't ask you I right know. off the rip to buy these things. I feel like these are the people who need a lot more appreciation than they get. Absolutely. And I yeah. think it's hard to comprehend how much work actually goes into oh a comic God. book. It's this but Herculean to sit here and just labor. look at each panel. I mean, this little square right here had would yeah. take me weeks. The detail is stunning. And it's not like that's a standout panel. They're all that gorgeous. You right. Know? The story I'm going to be reading within the uh, volume two of the Earth Dream anthology is uh, The Grind. And this is actually done by Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz, the uh, two of, from 7robots.com and the ones who put this book together. But the comic starts, you see a bunch of, like, uh, android, like, uh, robots kind of working on an assembly line. And they're being carried around by these uh, different, like, kind of hovercrafts to their different workstations. And they're just mindlessly working while they all say work is perfection, work <laughs> right. is perfection, you know. Drones. And they they work in shifts. There's, like, a first, second, third shift kind of thing. And the first shift will go back to their pods, mount, and recharge while second shift comes out and so forth. After the first shift's done, all the robots go to their pods, they get in, and one kind of gets ejected back out of his pod. He's malfunctioning. You know, I, I know the cycle's not complete. Why am I not in my pod? And next thing you know, his arm falls off. Oh, jeez. Now, the arm falls off and is just shown as kind of like a metal sleeve because after it falls off, you see a human arm hanging there. <laughs> so the robot picks up the arm and slides it back over the human arm and snaps it back into place. Like, oh, it was malfunctioning, seemed to be back, you know, in control, whatever. Yeah. Going to start the recharge. So it shows them back, work is perfection, so hammering away. And again, snap, comes loose. And he, uh, maintenance is required, you know, I need to get this looked into. And he starts worrying because as he's going through his workday, more pieces of himself are falling <laughs> off, exposing human elements. And he doesn't know what it is. What is this? Am I, you know, is this the darkness I've heard of? Like, you know, when they're decommissioned. Right. The darkness, like the robot's death, the afterlife. So now he's worried that, you know, if if I'm spotted in this condition, I'll be sent to the darkness. I'll be decommissioned. I will be out of working order. So he starts hiding. I, I, I got to get out of here. And as he's making his escape, more and more pieces come off till you have just pretty much a dude in boxers with a robot head <laughs> just confused as hell like what am I what am I doing here right. finally finds a door that lets him out falls out looks up and he's in like a jungle area and realizing that he just escaped from this enormous like uh, silver like tracked uh, yeah some kind of crawler sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, that looks like it's like laying down patches of forest flat. And he's like, what's happening? Where am I? This can't be real. And there's a there's a woman up on the hill. This most certainly is real. You know, there's uh, this is a place where there is no darkness. You know, the darkness that he had feared. And she's like, he's like, who are you? And she goes, I once was you. And she held, holds up a face, a robot face. <laughs> That looks exactly like his. And he's like, you were me? You know, like, still, like, trying to figure this <laughs> Struggling out. Struggling with the concept of self. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And so she says, every day, one of us wait here. We've all come from this ship, and every day we come back and wait for more to fall out to, you know, help you find what it is you've been searching for. And then it ends with her saying, reality only exists in the human mind. Once you are free, there's no need to ask. There's no need for a mask. And so you kind of see him pop his own mask off, and that's where it ends. And it was just, uh, I, I, I like the underlying, I guess, message there, kind yeah. of, how we can lose ourselves in the, just our daily grind, sure. our daily, not just so much even just work, but our, our own routine. Yeah, or like you start to feel like your job, you know, you feel yeah. like your schedule. All you are is defined by what you're doing at such and such time. Right. You kind of forget there's a human being underneath. Right. You know what else I really like about that is it's not overtly violent, Right, is it, you're getting this message across. It's there doesn't have to be some huge laser battle or some mm -hmm. war in space. You know, it's it's that's wild. It's something that to kind of make you think. Yeah, 
It's a good book. It's a good anthology. They both are. So uh, head over to sevenrobots.com. We'll have the links on Twitter and on the website. And uh, download free copies of uh, Earth Dream, Volume 1 and 2. What do you got to lose? We're just giving... Well, we're not giving this away, but we're giving free comics and we're telling people where to get free comics. I mean, just listening to this episode, that's a lot We're doing you a service. The least you can do is buy a couple thousand t-shirts from Society6. We're doing you a solid. Come on. Come on. Man, we have sold out already. (laughs) (laughs) We've got one thing to sell, Uh, and we're selling out to sell. If people could only see us, we're sitting here in, like, candor shirts, pants, hats, (laughs) gold necklaces. Check out my color contacts. (laughs) A C on one eye and an A on the other. (laughs) Oh, Lord. All righty. Let's just move right along here. All right, and now joining the show, uh, Sam Johnson, to talk about his comic, Geek Girl. Now, we had you on back in episode, I think it was like 137. Does that sound about right, Jake? Something like that. It feels like about 10 years ago. (laughs) It really did. It does feel a long time, yeah. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Sam. Thank you for having me back. Now, when we uh, first got to look at Geek Girl, I mean, one, what a pleasure that was in (laughs) itself. I mean, she's gorgeous. But... uh, Two, I mean, we were pretty much just seeing her introduction. Her power lie in the glasses she Yeah, it's like correct? a deconstruction of the glasses as a disguise yeah. trope, right? Yeah, yeah, the, there's a chip in the glasses. The glasses were invented by the resident college brainiac, and uh, there's a chip in them that gives her flight and super strength powers, but there's also a glitch in them, which is kind of messing with her head in ways she's not entirely uh, aware of. Now, issue one was just officially released toward the end of 2016, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, November issue one. And issue two is also available now. Yeah, uh, issue issue three is is out now. It's been, you know, it's it's a monthly four issue mini series. So issue three is the new one, and we've done issue three as a, a special jump on issue. It's like specially priced, and it's got a two page recap. Of uh, one and two, so if if you uh, if you weren't in from the beginning, issue three is a good one to come in on. That's always good because sometimes it feels like such an investment is needed to jump into a story. Right. I always like when there's like a easy entry point and you can go back as far as you like, but you know what you're dealing with. What inspired yeah. you to construct issue three like this? Well, I think. Obviously, when you when you're releasing a, an issue, a first issue of a series that's you know a, a relatively unknown character. I mean, we had issue zero some years ago, but it's not like you know a new Spider-Man miniseries or something. Issue one is is the the place most people are going to check it out at. Um, so I wanted to have you know a, another entry point for those that didn't because. Yeah, you don't you don't have to have been in from the beginning. And also the the way the story arc's been going is Ruby K Geek Girl landed these glasses on a on a drunken whim and without actually thinking about what she was gonna do with them and, and the responsibility that comes with them. So in the issue one she kinda got thrown into the deep end uh, of the, the tights and capes world. Things didn't go too well for her and uh, in issue two she was trying trying to sort of get her head around everything. And then uh, issue three, she's now ready to step up and, and be this this superheroine. It, it seems like, I'm not saying it's it's like comedic, you know, but the, the storyline here, the origins of the character, there's a comedic slant to it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wonder, are you, are you keeping up with that theme of it being almost not necessarily lighthearted, but a little funny? you know, not deadly serious, or do you want to take this character down darker roads to see sort of what that gets you? Well, both. I mean, issue three is is quite lighthearted. I mean, issue three, when now Ruby, as I say, is now, like in issue two, she didn't even wear the costume. So issue three, she's now, right, I'm geek girl, let's do this thing. Uh, and the first people she takes on are a couple of D-list supervillains called A-Game, and you've got A-Juan and Monsieur A. So these are kind of like 
very you know low rent uh, sure. super villains uh, and she doesn't even know who they're, they're like do you not know who we are and, and he's like and she's like no no idea so it certainly uh, it keeps the, the light uh, touch to it but with what we're building to I mean issue one that the sort of catalyst for, for Ruby having to sort of step up was that uh, she came she was out looking for crime this is what you do if you're a superhero and, and her resident superheroine of Maine where she lives got blasted through this billboard by this uh, mysterious new villain Lightning Storm now Lightning Storm is, is clearly a very dangerous character and, and we don't know what uh, what she's about and where she's come from so Ruby is has been with because Neon Girl was put in hospital she kind of tasked Ruby with right well you've got to stop this lightning storm now so that's what we're heading towards that's what we're building towards so whereas issue three <clears throat> starts off fairly light at the end of it we've got a set up for issue four which is going to be the big lightning storm versus geek girl battle and uh, yeah it gets a little bit darker at the end of issue three I love that in a series. I do too. That's yeah. going to be when awesome. You get the right see. balance of light and dark tones, and right. especially the transition from one to the next. I really right. always enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, another thing with with issue two, with what that was really important for me to do is a key part of Geek Girl is is the relationship between her and her friend Summer, and we wanted to have you properly get to know her and, and you do that through their relationship before we throw her into the darkness so that you're you know you're invested in this character and hopefully by the time you know Ruby K at, at the beginning of the series is is you know a, a kind of a popular chick it girl type thing not necessarily the most uh, endearing of characters but now she, she becomes alienated from a clique just due to the klutziness that these glasses land her with and uh, and the shallowness of her clique but the one that remains is Summer and say in issue two there's a lot of sort of it's a character issue and that hopefully will have readers in a position by the time we get to issue four where you know we really care when we find Ruby up against Lightning Storm in, in this very dangerous and dark situation. I love seeing a character's progression. Definitely. Like that, you know. They start out chewing through the C-grade villains and thinking, oh, this isn't going to be all, <laughs> yeah. all that bad. And then, yeah, you get that first major villain. They realize something about themselves, about sure. what they're doing, and it starts that next chapter. Up against someone with experience, yeah. you know, who understands the limit of their power and right. what they can do. Yeah, I mean, something we're going to see in issue four is is whereas, you know, typically when when we see superheroes and, you know, people that are sort of intended to be superheroes, which is not the case with Ruby, you know, they, they, they fight and, and that's what they do and then it's on to the next one. And, and Ruby is, you know, kind of out of her depth against Lightning Storm. And we're going to see that, you know, she's scared in this situation. This is not something she's uh, doing lightly. So do you have any uh, big plans for like uh, four and five and six? I mean, as far as is this just going to be a contained battle where she learns something? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm asking you to divulge too much about what's going to be happening. <laughs> no, no. I'm that's, so curious. That's fine. How's this series going to um, end? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wins the battle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a four issue miniseries. There will be a second oh, series. I've, I've written the first issue. Carlos is Carlos Grander, the artist, is, is about to do the first cover for the second series. So I'm not sure whether that will be ongoing or, or mini, but uh, there's definitely, I mean, the, the publisher, is, uh, when part of the deal going in, Marcosia, they committed to a second series. So uh, that's going to be happening. Now, yeah, are they going to bring you any closer to achieving my dream of geek girl pinups? <laughs> uh, well, we, we have a few geek girl pinups uh, on online. Uh, I mean, the Facebook group you'll you'll find some of those. Uh, not, we're not doing like a geek girl swimsuit special or anything like that. Oh, but, uh, see, you probably should. I know. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's not out of the uh, the realms of possibility. But uh, hold on to that one for just put a pin in that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no. If you want to, if you want to see some pretty pictures of Geek Girl, the the Facebook group uh, should uh, tick that box. I will be looking. <laughs> I will be looking. This whole like <laughs> studio is going to be wallpapered. And what would Geek be Girl wrong with that? At one point. Hey, I'm not thing. saying it's wrong. You know, I'm just saying it's only a matter of time. <laughs> 
Now, when we had you on last, we had also talked about a few of your other uh, comics, like The Almighty's and uh, Cabrachini. How are these projects uh, faring? Cabrachini, Voodoo Junkie, Hitwoman is the ex cracker turned supernatural gun for hire, and uh, that is long been in the works. We got basically we got to the point where the four issue miniseries was all almost complete when Geek Girl came out, and you know I had to focus on that and devote you know my my time to to promoting that and fine tuning you know i mean i've done very minor edits on on it throughout right up to the point where you know i've just submitted issue four to the printers um so that needed all all my focus so once that's taken care of um i mean issue four comes out on march the first then i'll have more time to look at other stuff so carbaccini is going to be happening i just need uh, to get an artist to there's like a final four page sequence um that's that's set in her like mindscapes that requires a different uh, art style um i've just got to get that sorted and then that's done the almighty's uh we've been we've been working on another one i mean the thing with the almighty's is everyone involved is, is working on other stuff so it's a slow thing and they're the, the, they're a series of one shots we had a one we had an issue zero uh and we've got the almighty's afterbirth one coming as the next one uh so uh yeah that's <laughs> that is awesome after yeah i'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm quite pleased with the uh <laughs> So I'm, uh, I'm torn. I, it took I'm a not sure yet how I feel there, about it. I, I love it. I love it. I think if you get the Almighty's, I think if you're familiar with the the sort of feel of the book, then that that makes it fits completely. And there's always been a, a parody element to the Almighty's. So obviously we've got the rebirth uh, reference there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's uh, quite far in. Uh, it'd be another a one shot. Um, we've got about eighteen pages of that illustrated same artist as before Eliana Kortzars who's the main artist uh, and this is gonna this is gonna see it's something we set up in you can actually still get the main thing that sets up there's a, a Almighty's Origins free digital comic which you can get to issue I double S double U and drive through comics and we introduce in that there's this threat of the, this guy Mucky who's uh, he's got plans for sort of world domination by bringing bringing a bunch of creatures to to the earth and uh, you know that's not a particularly original thing but when it's put in the the spin of the the quirkiness of the almighties um and we've got new member on the team now wayne winston the deadpool parodying character it's you know it's going to be quite uh, not so and uh, it's, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun mike gagno mike the mike the almighty's co-creator came up with the the um the sort of sorts core concept of what the the thing's going to be about and then there's all kind of nonsense part on top of that so it's it's fun because it's the the deal with is the almighty's are now getting rebooted by uh joe cyborg who's this shady character that works in an unspecified role in the white house and uh not everyone makes the cut uh, some people are not too happy with Joe Cyborg and the fact, well, the, the main, that Nightfang is not happy because when Joe Cyborg recruited the individuals, they were all invited to come on board, but he had this thing where it was like they had a, an email and then it, it blew up their computers so there'd be no trace of it. And, you know, Nightfang is not happy about all of his porn having been wiped out by this. <laughs> Priorities, you know. Oh, my God. Exactly. You, you've sold me. I want to read these more. I, I think we saw the first issue uh, again back yes. when we first had John and uh, what fun that was. So I can't wait to see uh, an Afterbirth. That's awesome. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, one of those that aren't, aren't familiar with it, I'd say there's that, that uh, Almighty's Origins is a good uh, free thing to get you into it. And you can still get one and two. One went to a second print, and it's not one and two, one and zero at the Almighty's Amass.com website. Yeah, and if you uh, just Google Sam Johnson and go to, uh, was it your Blogspot page? I mean, you can pretty much find a free sample of pretty much everything you offer, correct? Yeah, if you, um, yeah, I think if you Google Sam Johnson comics, it should quite easily come up my blog because the, the link is quite convoluted. But uh, <laughs> at the top of the page, there's there's free digital preview comics of of, of everything we've mentioned, Cabra, uh, Almighty's, and also Geek Girl. And then uh, Geek Girl has her own website, geekgirlcomics.com, correct? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, there's a fair bit going on on that because getting some nice reviews and uh, you know I've been doing podcasts and there's there's previews up of all all three issues. I've got preview pages up there. Um, so yeah, there's there's stuff going on there, and you can of, of course get get the issues there in digital and print. Freaking awesome! We'll put uh, links to that on our uh, Twitter and on the website. Speaking of Twitter, you have a couple different uh, Twitter handles uh, at the Sam Johnson and uh, Actuality Press, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the S- Sam Johnson uh, is DA. Sam Johnson is is my main one. That's me for whatever. Actuality Press is the the imprint that we publish the Almighty's under. Uh, originally, Geek Girl Zero was under that, but then it went to Marcosia to, to, for oh, sort of bigger exposure. But yeah, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm all over Twitter and Facebook. You can find Actuality... Yeah, I mean, Actuality Press um, and Almighty's Amass Facebook groups will be good places to uh, we'll start rolling out previews to the uh, the afterbirth <laughs> i cannot wait well man it's always uh, great to have you on the show uh thank you so much we'll send as many people your way as we can and uh just can't wait to see that next issue of uh, geek girl man thank you yeah i'm i'm very uh interested to see what the reaction is going to be to that one because i think the the ending is uh yeah <laughs> I'm sure it'll be good I'm sure it'll be good it is good but I think uh, I, I think I just can't say anything all I'll say is I'm interested to see what people's reaction to the ending will be well if she happens to lose any piece of her uniform during battle <laughs> I will give you money now right <laughs> now I think I missed the trick on that because yeah that, that, that doesn't happen which is yeah what, what was I thinking well, is there you, like an advanced donation process where you can uh, like yeah. digitally remove elements of the costume there you for go. 10 or 20 dollars look at this guy yeah, good ideas know. just flying out here if you're good at something never do it for free you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah oh man well once again sam thanks so much for being with us and uh yeah uh you're welcome back here anytime man Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jake, what do we got on the website? Well, you can follow us at candairpodcast.com. Have a look at all of our episodes. Follow us on our social networking mm-hmm. at candairpod, Twitter, canned underscore air on Instagram. Be sure to contact us any way you see fit. Email, Facebook. We've got it all figured out. And check out our merch on Society6. Yes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Candair's got merch. Society the number six the number dot six camp, that's dot com forward slash candare pod and you can have your own candare bling i know you've been dreaming of it for years so we answered listeners. we answered your call we uh you're welcome we're here to make <laughs> dreams come true <laughs> oh and don't forget to check out our hall of heroes sorry oh, wall yeah. of heroes uh, in I, the hall of justice something like that yeah they're walls <laughs> and halls they're just haven't been on the website I, I don't remember, but, uh, suffice to say hall of heroes there it is hall of heroes wall of justice that's what it is anyway yeah. this has been a waste of everybody's time <laughs> check out our website i guess what we want you to take from this is buy a shirt that's correct <laughs> that's the crux of the matter here Oh, my God. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Sam Johnson. Thanks for listening, everyone. Try a podcast. Spirit! Spirit! All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Candair podcast. Finally, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know! And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has gone off the rails, hasn't it? 
I can feel the tension the listeners are experiencing right now. Damn, Velma. Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just... That's my... That's my... That's, that's my. a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's a Wilma. That's almost... A- History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.